to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Reactive Redefined will reopen for enrollment on January 3rd. We have helped over 100 reactive dog teams make huge progress inside of Reactive Redefined, and we want to help you next. So if you're struggling with your reactive dog, please consider joining Reactive Redefined when it reopens for enrollment in January. We'll give you the practical skills and emotional support just to make huge strides in your dog's training. If you are interested in learning more about joining Reactive Redefined, be sure to join the waitlist so that you are the first to know when enrollment is open. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so excited that you are all here today. So I have a very special guest who is actually one of my clients, and I love her so much. But anyways, we're going to talk about reactive redefined. And the intention with this is really helping you understand that if you are a struggling reactive dog guardian, we got you. We designed this program for you. There's hope you can make progress and Teresa is going to tell you how. Okay, so Teresa, will you introduce yourself um, for the listeners? Tell us where you are. Tell us about your girl. Perfect. So hi, everyone. My name is Teresa. I live up in New England in Boston with my rescue dog, Ava. Um, we did the DNA thing, and she is like a mix of dogs that honestly should have probably never been combined to make a dog because she is so smart so like physically demanding I mean she's really incredible she's like if a wolf and a teddy bear made a puppy together Um, but she's a little bit shepherd she's a little bit Australian cattle dog and a little bit of husky just to really dice things up on us totally Um, totally. just to complicate matters a little (laughs) bit more (laughs) exactly yeah we rescued her and we're like all right husky German shepherd like this is going to be enough. And then they threw the Australian cattle dog in just to make sure our hands are really full. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and she's so cute. She just looks like a tiny little wolf. Yes, she does. She's like a little pygmy wolf, but she's fantastic. I mean, her needs for both mental and physical stimulation are off the charts. Um, and she is, it's kind of funny in our reactive dog journey, if you will, um, I would say it was when she was about a year old, we realized um, she had a really bad incident with a stranger that it literally seemed to come out of nowhere. We're like, who is this dog? What just happened? Was this a one-off? Um, we actually got to the point where we were looking up single event learning and dogs and thinking like, did she have a really one bad experience? Did we do something bad? Um and just, you know, in our, in our journey, we started realizing some of like, okay, reactivity is the spectrum. We're seeing a lot of behaviors where it's like, okay, this is actually like, she is dog reactive in the sense that she loves other dogs so much. And she'd throw herself on the ground and pancake when she wants to play with a dog. Um, and so it's just very interesting to learn like different characteristics of her reactivity as we've kind of gone through things and trying to work through those different levels of reactivity for her. But Stranger well, and the ever-changing, right? The ever-changing oh, yeah. levels of reactivity too. Okay, so I want to back up for a second. So how old was she when you adopted her? Tell us tell us just a little bit more of the adoption story. Yeah, so she was about four months old when we adopted her. Um, so it was just like outside of that kind of, uh, you know, she's still a puppy for sure. Um, but outside of that kind of baby imprinting, like show her the world. Yeah, the creeps, like you were just on the end of like the critical socialization window. Right? Exactly. Exactly. We got her just after that point. 
Um, and before that she was, she's from down South. So she was like a stray in Texas. And it's kind of funny because I still look at it and just like, how did anybody look at this and think it wasn't just a stray wolf, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, and so, yeah, that's kind of when she came into our lives and I certainly tried my best to like, you know, I mean, it was peak COVID when we got her, but I tried so hard to be like, okay, we're going to take her out to restaurants with us. I mean, we live in a city, so she certainly was exposed to plenty of people, um, exposed to dogs constantly. I mean, it was, it was certainly wasn't just like we lived in a, a cabin in the woods and all of a sudden she reacted to one person because it was the first person she saw. It really was just an out of nowhere, like, oh shoot, what just happened here kind of moment when it started happening for her. Right. Okay. So, okay. So like four months to one year, yeah. Do you think she was just like an excitable puppy and like she would grow out of it or? Definitely. I mean, there were some, certainly, I mean, we'd fostered before having her um, and she was certainly more of a handful than any other dog I'd met um, in terms of like her, her, you know, drive to play with other dogs would be so overwhelming. I mean, it would be like, we'd go on a walk and if we passed a hundred dogs, she'd throw herself on the ground to play with all 100 and she's great at playing with other dogs. So in that sense, it's not a concern, but like, you also got to be able to walk past another dog and be like, cool with it. Right. There's a Um, pressure of like the environment, right? Like there are just so many people and dogs that it's, it's not functional for everyone. If she stops every single time. Exactly. Not all dogs like other dogs. And that's something I've been especially aware of after going through kind of her reactivity journey a bit. Um, so it was something we were super aware of and she would always, I mean, she has that healer tendency of like, you know, tug is one of her favorite games to play. If something goes past her a little fast, her gut inclination is to jump up at it with her mouth. And that is like, I've learned to be like, okay, that's, that's you. It's part of your DNA, but that does not make it okay. Like if a runner runs past with like a flapping jacket, that's still not cool. Or like, you know, if we're out on a walk and you just get super stimulated, you can't jump up at the leash and like lose your shit every time. Um, so it was a lot of working through that, but it was all stuff that we could manage. And like, all of a sudden it was just like that stranger danger where things really took a turn of like, you don't like people coming into our space out of nowhere. And it, it's genuinely dangerous when that happens. And I was way in over my head of like, I don't, quite know how to train this out of you and do I just stop having people interacting in my space because that was the only solution we were really at okay and it is heavy when you come to terms with the reality of like the capacities of our dogs right and I think that like obviously our dogs have you know gone through a lot of domestication and they're here but I think that sometimes we need to remind ourselves that while we love them and they're emotional creatures, they're also animals, right? Yeah. And like their one defense mechanism is teeth and biting people, right? So it's like, right. it'd be heavy to be like, okay, so you're that dog. But like, if I put you in the right situation, you're probably going to bite somebody. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that was the other part of going through this that was so hard. And it's incredibly isolating, again, as somebody who's grown up with dogs, who I, I, this is an issue. It's just so unfamiliar to me. The one really bad incident we had, you know, it it was, she went straight with teeth and it was just like, oh my gosh, you are capable of this. Are you a bad dog? Did I do something wrong? And I don't think I've ever felt so low in my entire life. I probably cried for a week. Like it was just like, 
oh my gosh, just, I mean, the level of anxiety, it's just, it's one of the worst feelings unless you've really felt it. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of the same thing if, if your kid really acts up, but it's just like, I feel horribly responsible for you. And I don't know how to explain to you that this is not the way to exist in the world because you think you're doing the right thing and you are absolutely not. Right, right. And I think that it takes like a very amazing human being, that's who I'm talking about you, to understand that the dog's intentions are not to make you look bad because they're dominant, because they're trying to be an asshole. And I think that, you know, it takes a level of like humility to be like, okay, that was a lot, but this is information. You're maybe not a bad dog. Maybe this is my fault, but like, how are we going to deal with this? Right? Like what are right. we do going forward? Correct. Okay. So, so tell me, okay. So after the incident happened, did you work with someone before you joined reactive redefined? We did. So I'm sure like pretty much anyone who's gotten a dog in the last year, getting a dog trainer is next to impossible. And for me, like I'm someone who it's like, you know, I will go and get the information on my own. I will read people's, you know, theses. And I I was just like, okay, I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can. But we did end up, there's really not a lot of force-free trainers around me. Um, which wasn't my favorite. Um, uh, but I, again, it was kind of like, okay, your issue's so bad. I, I can't possibly do something virtually, which is all I'm finding. So I ended up going to somebody more local and I basically just tried to, again, having as much guts as I can just say like, Hey, out of the four quadrants, we really want to stick with one where we can, like, can we try to do that? Um, it didn't really go the way we wanted to. And so it was, luckily it was something where it was just like, okay, we, we know better in this situation where we can kind of get ourselves out. Um, and it was helpful to see like, okay, this is the option. And we feel very confident that we're doing the right thing, but it was very tricky knowing that there's a lot of people who are in the same situation we were in where it was kind of like, this is what's out there. And when you feel really helpless, this is what you're going to resort to. And there were plenty of other people in the same group we were in who had reactive dogs and you're watching the dogs you know, shut down and, you know, collars popped and prong collars. Was it a group class that you did with her? So it, it's a lot of one-on-one training. And then you'd go to like group sessions to like work as a group and see how, but it was just like, especially knowing what I know now, I ended up going to one class after our sessions. And I was just like watching the body language. I'm like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And then I'm watching Ava and I'm like, she's so happy. She's engaging with me. This is good. Cause we're like the only people in class, not using tools. I was like, okay, we're on the right track here. It was a really good, like aha moment. Um, right. Right. Because I don't think that everyone gets like the, I don't know if we can call it a gift, but maybe the opportunity to see the contrast, like in real time. Right. Yeah. With dogs who struggle with a lot of the same things that your dog does. Absolutely. And I think it was it, at the end of the day, it was helpful to like, you know, really solidify for us. It's like, OK, we've done the in-person training. It was quite frankly helpful to be able to tell, you know, friends or family, oh, you know, we're working on it. But like at the end of the day, we weren't making any progress there. It was more just like a tick box. And at the end of the day, maybe it validated for us. Like, yeah, we're on the right path of like, we know what we're doing is right. It just might take a little longer for us to write, find the right person to work with or, you know, keep at it. But yeah. And that's so many of the people that I work with, right. That like they tried a trainer and it wasn't a good fit for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. then it, I think, you know, it, it's cool that you can take away something good from there, but then realize like, mm, 
we need to do something else now. Right. Right. Okay. So did you do, um, anything else in between that and joining reactive redefined? So at kind of at the same time of reactive redefined, I ended up doing, um, the Fenzy dog school, um, reactive dog management course, which a lot of it kind of overlapped nicely. Um, I'll be honest, I spread myself a little thin just in terms of like, I'm trying to get videos for this class and keep up with your videos. And at the same time, it was like, okay, course content here. Um, but you know, I was at a point of like, when you hit that low of helplessness of like, I've got to figure this out. It was like, okay, full-time job. I will go through five lectures from this person, five lectures from this person. And it's going to take an hour of my day. And then I'm going to go work with my dog on the things that I've learned. And it's definitely been like a crazy four months, but like, it's, it's been a crazy four months in terms of we've made progress in four months, which is pretty, I mean, that's further than I expected to be. So that's nice. Yes. Okay. So, um, I think that it's important for everyone listening to understand that I realize that oftentimes I'm not the only trainer that people are working with and that's totally cool, right? Like I want to accent what you're doing and help ask questions that I'm more qualified to answer and accent what you're doing with your other trainers. So for those of you listening who are like, maybe I'm doing some in-person, but maybe you could use some virtual support. We got you. Okay. So, um, obviously she can be stranger reactive. She can be reactive to dogs because she's super duper excited. What other triggers did you kind of pinpoint as we work together? I think the territorial thing is just like one of her absolute biggest, right? So like we were pretty quickly able to like, as I said before, we live in a pretty big city. We're constantly seeing people out on the street. She is for the most part and for the most part has always been fine at passing people on the street it's not like that level of extreme of like someone's on the opposite end of the street we're here and we get to like completely reroute you know um so I feel like I'm kind of lucky in that sense but at the same time it would literally be if someone's on the other end of the street and then they turn to start talking to me she'd lose it it was just like whoa you're now about to come into my space and then if it was like where you know someone's coming into my house or like even you know by the window if somebody looks like they're you know a little too close to the window or start engaging with her by her window she would like throw her body at the window and like just game over. It's just a very upsetting thing to see if just like everything in her body language changes to, you know, not sweet, happy, lovey, snuggly dog. It's like, I am afraid I need to protect. I, it's pretty, pretty intense when it happens. Well, and like, she's not a small dog, right? Like that's an intense, like lunge bark, right? Like yeah. lots of barking. Yes. Yes. Lots of barking, lots of lunging and like snapping of her teeth. And it's, it's a lot. (laughs) Yes. Right. It it is a lot. Okay. So, um, let's talk a little bit about some of the early strategies we kind of implemented, right? So one of your major goals for reactive redefined is like, we have to figure out how we can bring people into the house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because we decided that it is not good for you to never have visitors, right? Like there's make this happen without like overly stressing her out. So, um, do you want to kind of tell the listeners like some of your like early takeaways from like the original game plan I, I gave you? So one thing that I was actually very like almost hesitant to at first is that they'll look at that game is like, I've seen people say like, Oh, that doesn't work. And you know, that can, especially in a dog who can be like, you know, hyper aroused all the time. Like Ava's part shepherd. She is, you don't need to tell her to look at anything. She's on the lookout already. Um, and something I've learned kind of over the course of this is I'm not really telling her to look at it. 
but I'm really just rewarding. Like, okay, you are looking at it. That's great. Like you get cookies now, like feel that, you know, aren't you feeling the love because you're looking at it? Um, and that, for her, that's kind of been great because it's turned into a little bit more of a, like an engaged disengage on its own because she looks at it and she's like, yeah, I, I saw it. Did you see? I saw it. Ma, give me cookies for that. I saw it, you know? Um, and so it's, it's turned into a level of work for her, which she really appreciates. She's a working dog. She's constantly looking like for tasks and like to get rewarded from me. Um, so that was really great. Um, and then we've progressed that a bit into, you know, we've done the passwords and the touch games. So for us meeting people outside, it probably took me halfway through the course to really, uh, man up and be able to say like, okay, let's bring someone into her circle and start working on this one. Um, just because I was so traumatized from trying to do this at all in the beginning. Um, but we really just said, okay, let's, let's figure this out. Let's, you know, meet someone who maybe Ava's met vaguely before outside, um, and start just practicing the games with her just so that like, again, she kind of thinks it's a game. It's fun. She gets rewarded, and bringing someone into the house now has a fun association with it. And I'll be honest, like we're, you know, three months in and we're definitely still not quite there that I would be at, you know, a place I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fully comfortable. Like, you know, throwing a party at my house. But like, I'm at the point where I'm actually thinking about like, hey, do we have these friends who have never made, met Ava before over for dinner? And, you know, we started off with a walk outside and we play some games and get her comfortable and then bring her into the house. And I know enough about her body language to know, like, are you comfortable? Are you not comfortable? And I think that's been one of the biggest takeaways for me. Oh my gosh. And like, obviously I am, I have luxury. I get to see all the videos and I get to see all this progress, but it's true, right? Like her body is really relaxed. She's like, okay, there's people in here. I'm laying down. Like we're good. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's so meaningful, right. That you can understand what her body language is telling you. And then in turn, feel more comfortable, right. That you're like not sacrificing your friends to the dog. Right. (laughs) Definitely. And I will say that's one of the things I've enjoyed and gotten the most out of in this course is just like the emphasis is on your dog's body language. I mean, I said at the beginning, like, you know, I was so hesitant of, you know, why would I ever do a virtual dog training when I have a really, really needy dog. I need somebody who can be hands-on and tell me what to do in the moment. And it's actually been really helpful to have to get videos every single week of like, okay, we're just on a walk. You know, this is what she's like when she just passes a stranger. This is what it's like when someone tries to pet her. This is what it's like when a kid goes by with a scooter at like 20 miles an hour. Um, And to be able to just watch that back or to watch how it's different when I'm handling her versus when my husband's handling her. Um, it's been so valuable because you really pick up on not just her body language, but like subtle little things that I'm doing. Cause it's like, I've turned reactive myself, right? Like she is so much more curious and like engaged with strangers now. And I'm still petrified of like, what are you going to do? What are you doing here? Why are you sniffing them? You know? And she's just like, mods cause they got a turkey sandwich. Like, this is awesome. Like I want to go play with them. Um, and so it's just really helpful to be able to watch that back on video and just have that and be like, oh, that was me. I like, you know, pulled her a little too far that direction instead of, you know, letting her explore on her own or whatever it is. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, I think just like the reflection on our own version of like what we're seeing and then to hear like contrast or affirmation from me, like in the comments, right. Like 
Obviously it's not in real time, but Mm -hmm. virtual training has proved to be extremely beneficial, right? For dogs and for people. Um, Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about her curiosity with people out in the world now, because I know that's been a a pretty big shift for you all as a team, right? They're like, okay, we're going to let her stuff some people. Definitely. It happened today at lunch at the park. It was really funny. And now I'm starting to wonder like, you know, do I let her like, is, is part of our introduction to people like they have a lunchbox with them because today was unseasonably warm here and two people were out eating lunch at the park in both cases. Like I didn't realize they had a lunchbox with them, but she just started walking up and sniffing. I'm like, why are you going to sniff this dude? Like, I hope he doesn't move too sharply. Like I'm getting all worked up. And she's just like, I want to go see them. And then we're starting to leave the park. And it's the same thing. There's a girl eating a sandwich on a bench. And she's like joking and telling me how friendly my dog is. And I'm like, you have no idea. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, but you've got a sandwich. So maybe this is a bartering tool. Like, it was just very funny to watch. Um, And she'll do the same thing. Like, we'll just be passing certain people. And she'll just have a curiosity. And it's definitely hard as like a reactive dog guarding to foster that because you still have in your mind, like, I know what you're capable of and how quickly that switch can turn. But at the same time, I am like, when she's doing it, cookies are going straight in that mouth. My clicker is like popping off in my left hand. I'm just like, this is awesome. And like strangers are probably just like, what is wrong with this girl? Like, can you get your dog away from me? I'm like, no, keep going. Let's go. (laughs) Oh my God. Right. Like it's called dog training. Thank you very much world. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. But you know, I think that a dog like Ava, especially in her age range and like the combinations of genes that she's got in there, I think that she really easily could have been I don't want to say ruined, but it's kind of what I mean. I think she could have easily been ruined if there was a lot of heavy punishment. I think she could have been like, okay, cool. You're going to yank in my collar. I'm going to go off at every person I see. Like, I think she really would have been horribly resistant to like that type of training, but hallelujah. She has you. So she chose (laughs) you, you chose positive reinforcement training. And now we're seeing all these amazing ripple effects of all the work that you're doing, right. That like, we're empowering her to be curious and not fearful or not overly protective. And that's what a beautiful gift, right? Because she's young. You have a long life with her. And absolutely people curious instead of lungy barky at people. It's just that much easier to manage, right? It is. And honestly, it's been, you know, I hate to sound like all, you know, warm, fuzzy and sentimental, but in one of the setups that we did, um, we used, a, you know, a, a neighbor who has a dog um, and she uses a, a local trainer and I, she works so hard with this dog. Um, but it's definitely, they use the full spectrum of training. Um, and during our setup, she just kept telling me, cause like, you know, I could tell from Ava's body language, like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm curious about this person, but like, I'm not all the way there. I'm not. Like, what do you think? You know? And, you know, the stranger we were using for a setup, she just kept telling me, she's like, how do you get her to be so engaged with you? Because Ava's face the whole time, even just watching the playback video that my husband took, I was just like, she's looking up at me. She's checking in with me. She's making eye contact. She's smiling. She's just like, so engaged and like, we're a team. Like, I'm, I'm here for you. If you're not cool with her, I'll go. But like, if you're cool with her, we're on the same page. And it's just like, that building of a relationship together has just been so fun throughout the last four months. And I think that's something that 
as a reactive guard, dog guardian, you're very blessed to have because most people, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I said before we adopted her, I was like, I want to have the best dog. I want to, you know, I want my dog to be like Marine trained. I'm going to work so hard with them so that people tell me on the street, she's a well-behaved dog. Um, and I didn't have that until I had a reactive dog. And now because I am so on her, and because she is so engaged with me, we have this relationship where she is constantly checking in. She wants to work. We, you know, work together and play together all the time. Um, and it's really just made our relationship so much stronger. And that's something we wouldn't have if she didn't just kind of lose her shit every now and again. So, right. Like it does. It forces your hand, right? You're like, cool, guys, we need dog training immediately. But, yeah. you know, there's there's so much like after you kind of get over that hurdle of like time and money and dedication and you just do the work and you're like, Whew, yes, OK, I feel good about this. <laughs> And then you have a lifetime of, you know, hopefully a great dog. So yes, you, you absolutely have a lifetime of great dogs. It's only going to keep getting better. Okay. So I want to circle back to something, cause I think that this is really important for everyone listening. So you were talking about, look at that, right. And everyone, there's a million fancy labels. Every trainer has a, a, a plan. Leslie McDevitt is who made look at that famous. I should say famous. I don't know. Famous. Yes. But anyways, um, but she puts it on cue, right? So she says, look at that. And the dog looks at the thing that works really well for some dogs. <laughs> Ava was not that dog, <laughs> no. right? Mm. Like you said, she was already watching the environment. So we went just straight up. You're noticing here's some food to help you feel better. Right. And I think that mm-hmm. you executed that really nicely. Cause you were able to get to, she sees the thing and she checks back at you. She's like, okay, there's that thing. Are, are we getting cookies again? And the emotional change from doing it that way is so impactful for any type of like working dog, right? Like, mm-hmm. who she is a working dog, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Okay. So, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, and that's part of what we've had to kind of work through in her training is like knowing that working for her is part of the reward. It's not as simple as just like, okay, you're rewarded constantly for doing things, but she like really wants to earn something. And it's actually made training her, I would say a little bit more like fun or easier, however you want to say it, but it's just like, okay, she now thinks of everything I'm teaching her as like, this is something she wants me to do. Okay. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to get rewarded. And it's just like the, the whole thought process for her is very interesting. Oh my God. Right. And she is, she's like, She's very attentive to you, right? Like she, I think she has a lot invested in listening to what you have to say to her, right? And like, Mm -hmm. dare I say leadership, I know that it's like been so misused. (laughs) She does thrive on that when you're like leading and helping her understand we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. We're going to do this. She's like, got it. And you're just paying her really well the whole, the whole time. Right. Right. So good. Okay. So um, I want to talk just a little bit about the group calls, right? So do you want to kind of share like, um, one, was that part of what was attractive to you about reactive redefined was kind of that group element and what did you get out of it? Yes. Um, and that's, it's kind of funny, but I, it was one of those things too, um, of just like, okay, there's kind of nice to have that sense of community with people, whether it's the Facebook group, the group calls, but it's just like, Again, going back to that sense of I'm so alone. This is the lowest low. I have a reactive dog. Nobody else has one. I'm the only person who's trying to raise something like this. And finding that sense of community of like, oh, 
there's other people who have this. This is a whole spectrum. Like maybe my dog isn't the most extreme end of this spectrum, or like maybe my dog is in some senses. And then, you know, this is somebody who's worked through it in this way. Um, it's just been really helpful to learn from one another. Um, just because, I, I mean, you've got people on the call who are, they have pets who are dog reactive. They have dogs who are, you know, stranger reactive. They have dogs who are, you know, just fearful of the world in general. And they're trying to work through that. And it's just very helpful to share tips with one another. I think one of the best ones I got out of the call was a couple of weeks ago. I've been dreading for months now. We haven't left my dog alone with my parents. Um, and I was just wondering if that's something that's ever even possible when you have a reactive dog. It's like, you know, I've spent months figuring out the management strategies. And for me, it's basically been a second full-time job of like, this is how I manage my dog and she's engaged with me. And, you know, you've got my parents who are like, you know, not used to this. They don't walk a reactive dog through a main city every single day. So when it happens, are they going to know what to do? And it was just really helpful to throw it out there to the group and just be like, what do you guys do? You know, how have you found someone? How have you explained to your friends or family, like, you know, what to do if you need a little bit of help here and there? And to have like, you know, 10 people be like, this is what I did. This is how I'm handling this situation. It was kind of like, cool. We're all asking these same questions, figuring it all out together and we can share answers. And that's pretty fantastic to have that sense of community. Well, and I think like the average dog guardian can't possibly understand like the emotional turmoil of like, oh my gosh, no. literal, like literal safety that we have to keep in mind of like making sure that the person is qualified to care for the dog. Right. Like, right. Because there's a lot that could go wrong if the person isn't qualified. And a lot of people I think have the luxury of like, Oh yeah, the dog just goes there. It's not a big deal. Like, okay, that's cool. But (laughs) exactly really hard for me to feel like I am like, and I think it brings up a lot of like feelings of like, am I being overprotective? Am I a helicopter mom? And it's like, yes, no, you fucking aren't (laughs) realistic about who Ava is and what she needs. Right. Like, yes. Exactly. And I think it's almost worse. Like, I mean, you know, when your friends or family looking after your dog has dogs and they're not reactive dogs, they are used to like, you know, level one. And it's just like, yeah, I throw food in a bowl. I throw some water in a bowl. I can leave them for the day. It's fine. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so much more than that, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's just, it's, it's challenging. It's almost like you, you wonder, it's just like, okay, is it, do you need someone who's like really certified or, you know, a vet tech or you you start going through in your head of just like, oh my gosh, what do I need to do? Oh my God. Okay. But for everyone listening, Ava was super successful at your parents. Yes. Oh yeah. She had a great time. She had like the sleepover of her life, but on two pounds, it was fabulous. (laughs) And did it feel good to like, not have her as your responsibility for just like a day or two? Like, I feel like you needed a break from her, right? Like, I think more than anything, it was helpful to know, like, like when we picked her up, I was like, all right, you're one piece. Like everybody's in one piece. We're cool. Nobody's been sued. This is awesome. Like maybe we eventually plan a vacation and it's not like the scariest thing in the world, you know? So it'll be nice. Like, I feel like the second time we do it, it'll be like, okay, cool. We got this. You know, the first time I was definitely sweating for like, what was it? 72 hours. (laughs) Texting every five minutes. Like, like, are we good? (laughs) Give me a picture. Proof of life. No. (laughs) 
exactly <laughs> oh my god okay so um were there any other like highlights from reactive redefine that like really resonated with you through the program. So for everyone listening, if you're not exactly sure, Reactive Redefine works in a couple different parts. So we work together one-on-one. So when you join, I get to know you. I ask a million questions. So I understand what's happening. I ask what your current training plan is and we make tweaks. There's course content. Oh Lord, people, we have so many videos, so many videos, the whole spectrum of reactivity. And then we do group coaching calls that are all held via Zoom. So, um, any other like standouts from Reactive Redefined? I would just say for me, the biggest like kind of pulling it together part um, was really being able to take like, obviously it's working in the group calls. It's kind of the whole program. It's going through the videos, but it's really taking all of that and then being able to apply it to your dog. And then you're seeing if it's working in real time through that body language. So I'm recording a video of, you know, okay, I watched your video on, you know, password games and going to do touch with a stranger. And how does that work? Probably three times before we ever even did it ourselves. And I talked with you about like, how do we really set this up? Um, And then to be able to do it in real life, watch my dog back on video, because I have in my head, my perception of how this went down. And then watching it again and saying like, okay, this is how my dog's body language was. Let me really reassess that. Having you really reassess that and be like, yeah, look at her tail position. Look at her eyes. Look at, you know, the way she just ran into the house and went to her place. Like, yeah, I'm working. This is cool. Right. Um, I just think that's been really valuable in terms of like, you are able to in real life, because you are not currently with me, you were just watching my real life, physically see how my dog is responding to the training we're putting in place together. And I think that's just been so helpful because then I can, and I can go in every single week and be like, okay, I have an opportunity this week for Ava to meet someone new. So I'm going to set it up this way. And this is how we're going to record it. And just like kind of thinking those things through um, has been really helpful. Yeah. And I love that we can tweak things as we get more information. Right. And I think that like, that was 100% our aim is like, okay, let's give everyone a general framework, but let's also acknowledge that the general framework is not going to be precise for every dog and environment. Right. And like making those tweets to to make sure that we can leverage everything we know about Ava, we can set her up for as much success as we can. And then, you know, we can be sure that like the body language is where we want it to be, or we're just going to tweak the training plan. Exactly. Yeah, it's being able to watch it in real time and then say, oh, wait a minute, that worked or that didn't work. And then kind of going back to the jarring board a bit. It's been really helpful. Yes. Okay. So um, can you give the listeners an idea of how things are going out in the world on walk? So I know that there was a, a high level of functionality even before you joined, but you know, some of the sudden environmental contrast, maybe overly excited dogs, like how how is that going? Honestly, it's the way I phrase it is like this. I mean, no, you, you want to sign up for something and be like, my dog's going to be totally fixed, but your brain is never going to be like, oh, my dog is a totally new dog. Like, you know, your dog is a little crazy. Um, and so for me, it was just like the, the days where I'd be able to like walk out of my apartment without checking my people to be like, are there people coming? Do I hear people like, you know, the same thing I'm sure my dog is doing and just walk out or like coming in through my front door and not being scared. Like is someone else going to be in the package room getting packages? Like that's been fantastic because I know in those situations, number one, like her threshold in terms of like, what's going to really get her to pop off 
is so much higher now because we've kind of pushed her criteria week after week after week. Like, hey, nope, that's cool. You can settle down here. Here's treats for settling down. This is the expectation I have for you in this situation. Um, so working through that has just kind of pushed her threshold so much higher. And then for me as a handler, I've been able to say like, I know what to do in a situation where if her, you know, tail just goes up slightly or her ears do something a little funny, I know she's about to be uncomfortable and I know how to quickly redirect her or manage that situation better. Um, it just makes it so much easier. And I think that management piece with reactivity just makes it so much less likely for your dog to be reactive in the environment because you know how to manage it before that dog can even have a reaction. So that's been fantastic. Um, and then just in terms of walking every day, just the constant, like, you know, I can get her to check in with me. She can walk by my side um, and really just kind of giving her that leeway to like, you know, go investigate a stranger or, you know, a couple of weeks ago it was trash day and the garbage men were on our street and came up and started approaching us. And I was like, probably soaked with sweat before they even got to the curb because they wanted to pet Ava. And Ava was like, yeah, all right, I'm cool with you. Like, and now we're friends. So I'm going to follow your truck the rest of the block. It was just like, who is this dog? How did this happen? Um, so that part of things has been really phenomenal. But at the same time, there are still days. I mean, right before this call, she saw someone walk past my apartment, didn't like them and decided to, you know, lunge at my, uh, my window and go crazy. So it's definitely still a work in progress. But it, I myself don't have the same reactions when she has that I'm going to lunge at the window. It's kind of like, oh, that was something that really upset her. Like, what can I learn from that? It's not like that. Oh my gosh, I'm hopeless. I can't fix this feeling anymore. And I think that's been one of the most valuable things I've gotten from this too. Well, and I think like you've really come to understand like some of the things that aren't going to change about her and that's not a bad thing. Right. Right. Like, I think we go into it being like, okay, we're going to modify everything. And, and then we realize like, you know, every behavior has a function and it's very likely that all of the breeds that are combined in her, she's probably always going to have feelings about people walking by the window, but can we, you know, minimize like the intensity and how stressed she gets? Yes, we can, but we can also accept that, you know, sometimes lungy barky stuff happens. Exactly. Exactly. And that learning to accept it, be cool with it, or maybe just learn from it in that situation has just been pretty incredible in terms of my own mental health of going through this. So, right. Oh my God. Okay. So Teresa, any final words for a reactive dog guardian that is struggling right now and they're still feeling hopeless? It's, it's not a permanent issue. It's something that you can get help with. You have partners. There are other people that are going through it. There are other dog guardians who are in the exact same position. Um, And it's really helpful to find a sense of community with those people, with those dog guardians. Um, It's not, you know, I remember there was a certain point of time of just, you know, I'm going to move to a cabin in the woods and not go see anyone. Cause like, you know, I'm I'm not someone who ever has it in my mind. of like, I'm going to give this dog up, but I know there's plenty of that that happens. And that's not something that ever needs to happen. There are people who are willing to work with you and you're one of them. And, you know, it's just, we know so much more about dogs to know how to work through this, to learn what, you know, the thought process is that's kind of causing some of the reactivity. I think it's just, it's incredibly valuable to learn how to work with your dog in a partnership in this sort of situation. It's where all the magic happens, my friends. It is where all the magic happens. Oh my God. Teresa, if people wanted to connect with you over on the Instagram, what is Ava's handle? 
Sure. It's as heard by Ava. Um, we're not, you know, the best Instagrammers, but we try our best. <laughs> okay. But at least then everyone can see her adorable fluffy face. Oh my God. Of course. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Anytime. So I know that CBD is very popular right now, but did you know that there are other cannabinoid profiles that we can use for not only ourselves, but our, our dogs as well? Vetsias has a new product out that is not only CBD, but it also uses CBG and CBN to act together to bring pretty strong results to the dogs. The new combination of the CBG, CBD, and CBN is really good for dogs with significant anxiety, excessive inflammation, or dysfunction of the neurologic system. I have been using the new profiles for Tiva. Many of you know my 14-year-old dog Tiva, and I've seen some really awesome changes in her mobility since starting the CBD, CBG, CBN combination. So if you're interested in trying any CBD products or checking out the new profile, check out vetcs.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.